First, there will be a momentary timeline of peace, followed by wars, famine, pestilence, earthquakes, the death of over one quarter of the world's population, stars falling to earth, movement of mountains and islands, etc. And this is just the beginning of tribulation. Join us now as we look into the judgments of tribulation as described by the Apostle John, recounting the visions Jesus revealed to him with instructions to document this for all of us to read and comprehend before the end of days. This podcast will focus on the seven seals, trumpets, and bowls sent forth from the Lord's command to his angels and what will ultimately lead to the return of King Jesus Christ to rule and reign with man in his millennial kingdom. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, this is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, very appreciative of your time. I trust that this will be invested wisely as we embark upon more of the Word of God uh, where our, our, our focus has been on the certainty of the second coming of Jesus and the prior two broadcasts, this being the third, uh, uh, we're concentrating or focusing on the book of Revelation. Uh, um, I, I said earlier, uh, this is intended to be a high-level overview, and part of my justification, or my reasoning anyway, is there are so many people that I've personally encountered and heard about as well who do not understand the book of Revelation, and they've kind of put a barrier up where they said, I can't understand it. There's just too much symbolism. There's too much imagery. There's too many references to this apocalyptic end-of-day scenarios that there's no way I could possibly understand it. The, the flip side of that is the book of Revelation, unlike any other book, says, blessed are those who read it. Blessed are those who hear the words of this book. In other words, the Lord wants you to, and he's saying that there's a blessing for you coming by understanding and engaging and pursuing uh, this book that, that's really, it's a, it's a vision directly from Jesus to the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. Uh, so this is what, we're, we're, what I'm attempting to do is, is breaking it down into pieces. Uh, the, at first, we, we, I, I broke down what happens just prior uh, to this, this seven-year period of tribulation where the church is raptured up um, and they enter into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, I, you know, all the reasoning has been, has been documented beforehand. And during this seven years uh, period, there, there, there's this time of, of judgment. There's this time of great trial, of calamities that are happening, um, where it's, it's really it's mankind rebelling against God but it's also the, the focus of, of Satan to deceive mankind and, and because that's what he does. He is the father of deception. So everything about him, uh, or I should say he's, Jesus called him the father of lies, but deception it, it is a lie. So uh, that's just my vernacular, if you will. So uh, what we did, we covered that in, in the first broadcast. Then we attempted to break down a lot of the the symbols. Uh, we, we talked about the, the, the imagery of the four beasts, if you will, which are you know prior empires. They, they referenced the, the global empires of the past as well as what will be in the future. Uh, the lion with the two wings, the bear with the one side higher than the other and the three ribs in his mouth, the leopard with the four wings, and the beast 
uh, with with ten horns, and then three of them pop out, and then the next one comes up with a mouth and eyes, which depicts the Antichrist. The difference uh, of when you hear dragon and beast. The dragon is Satan himself. The beast is the Antichrist. Then there's the false prophet. These three together mimic the, uh, the, the Holy Trinity. Uh, we, we, we got into that on the last one. The woman and the dragon um, referencing Israel. And, and we talked all about that and the 12 stars and the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, we broke down the Babylon and, and the prostitute on the beast. The two witnesses, the 144,000 that were saved. So all of that in the last broadcast, hopefully uh, you, you've heard or watched. And if not, if you, you know, feel free to go back. Um, you can certainly listen to this first you, and, and go back and, you, and you'll understand that as well. Uh, and, you know, this is, this, this is my hope that, you know, by breaking it down this way, we'll make it a little bit easier to understand. Let me just take this time that if you like approaches like this, if you like subjects like this, please hit the like or subscribe button. It helps us get the information out uh, to all the different social media platforms which we are on. We're in the very early stages uh, you know, of, of this podcast, of this blog, uh, of what we're attempting to do. And the attempt is really to get at the heart of truth. That's, that's, that's my goal all along. And you know, a big reason that we're, we're looking at the Word of God is because if, if I've investigated the Word of God, I've investigated all the objections and the intellectual veracity of, of which you, know, you can claim or disclaim the, the, the truth or the inherent truth of, of the Word of God. And I, I, beyond any rational description or any plausible mathematical analysis you can come up with, uh, the Word of God is, is real, and, and the Word of God is trustworthy. So this is why we're, we're looking at it this way. So if you wouldn't mind hitting the like or subscribe and jo joining our email list by just signing up on the site. We don't do anything with it, but bring you up to speed as to what's going on. So on that note, let's, let's, let's continue on and, and bring this to, uh, to where we need to get to. If you're watching this on video, I give you a very brief timeline, what's called the pre- and post-tribulation timeline. And imagine if you're in a mall and you go up to the map because you're looking for your favorite store and you need to see where you are and where maybe the, the store is. Well, I've done the same thing here, uh, except we're not in a mall. Uh, there's a button on the left with an arrow that says, you are here. You are here in this timeline. And this is what is considered by many called the church age. This is the, the age of the church before the return of Jesus. I believe that w we will see what's called the war of Gog of Magog or Gog and Magog. Um, you will see that happen prior to the tribulation. There are some that believe that it will happen during the tribulation in the early stages. The Bible isn't crystal clear about the timing of that. I've given my reasons prior why I believe it will happen uh, just beforehand, and uh, that I believe also it's it's because of it's this great uh, multitude of nations, this coalition of nations that will gather against Israel, and what this is in Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine, and what this says is that the Lord will rescue Israel supernaturally, and the world will see it. The world will see this great demonstration of this huge conglomeration of nations that vastly outnumbers the, the military and, and the manpower of what Israel can possibly put up. But it really goes on further to say that Israel won't really have to do a thing, that the Lord will do it all. So as a result of that, 
that I believe that will be the precursor to the building of the third temple, which you see uh, on the right as we begin that timeline with the tribulation. And that will start the temple sacrifices, the normal day-to-day activities that happened in the Old Testament uh, during, during the temple and happened also you know, during the time of Jesus in the second temple. And halfway through this seven-year period, this time of tribulation, um, it's called the, uh, some would call it the Great Tribulation. Uh, um, it, it's, it's broken down into that three-and-a-half-year period, then the second three-and-a-half-year period. Uh, uh, other references called the time of Jacob's trouble. Um, so during halfway to, at this point, you have the abomination of desolation. If you're watching this on video, I apologize for the last three letters of abomination not being present, um, but that's what that should have been there. But what happens is Satan um, or the Antichrist comes and he disgraces the temple. Uh, he embarks upon it. He calls himself God. He uh, puts up an image, whether that's artificial intelligence or it's you know a, a statue of some kind. But he he magnifies himself to be God, and then that begins the 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 last three and a half years. During this time, you have the seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls of judgment, uh, which you see above uh, in, in this timeline. And this is what we're going to break down and discuss today. The seven seals and the seven trumpets happened during the first three and a half years, and the seven balls happened during the last three and a half years. So again, because of our, our approach, we talked about a lot of the imagery. We've talked about why there is a tribulation. Uh, we talked about some of the people that will be involved in it. Um, but now we're going to break down exactly what is going to happen to the earth and what is going to happen to the Lord. And this is a time that you do not want to be around. So hopefully you will have accepted Jesus and, and, and you will not see this. Um, at least I know that I won't, and, and I'm grateful for it uh, because this is going to be an absolutely horrendous time. But because of the Lord's mercy, he will also allow people to um, enter into covenant with him. Um, you know, there, there will be a great outpouring of, of people who will come to the Lord during this seven-year period I believe millions will come right after the rapture of the church. Uh, but so we're going to break down exactly what happens um, as a result of the, the seven seals, seven balls, and seven trumpets. That's, that's the objective here today. So the judgments of the tribulation, you know, again, if you're watching this on video, I broke down uh, the, the seals and trumpets during the first half, balls during the second half. Seals. They are used to close up a scroll. So just, you know, if you could imagine, um, you know, four or five hundred years ago um, when they would hand deliver uh, messages and they would drop the seal. Sometimes it would be the royal seal. They would dip it in hot wax and they would put the sender's signet ring uh, where it, it confirms it's a seal deal. Um, and you don't open it until uh, either the time is right or the person who was delivered to. Uh, you know, that they, they are able to break that seal. Uh, so this assures that the message will not be opened until that uh, it reaches the individual to whom it was sent during the appointed time. Uh, this scroll is the deed to planet Earth. Um, then you have the trumpets. It signifies a very special announcement or the advent of a major event. These judgments are all administered by special angels. The movements are from heaven to Earth. 
clearly indicating that this is God and not nature as to the origin of these afflictions. Lastly are the bold judgments. These are by far the most intense and severe. These bowls have been collecting God's wrath really since, 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 since sin first came on the earth. Uh, they are now filled to the brim and they are ready to be poured over, preparing the way for the second coming of Jesus where Jesus physically um, leaves heaven and comes to the earth. The angels that administer these ju- judgments are pictured as turning the ball upside down completely, ensuring that every last drop of God's wrath has been administered. So that's the overview of what we're about to get into. The seven seals. I'm going to read, if you don't mind, Revelation 5, 1 through 6. If you're watching this on video, the highlight uh, of the yellow, the yellow highlight is really the words I want to concentrate on. This is John. He says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. One of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he may open the scroll and the seven seals. So this is Jesus appearing in the, in the, in the I'm going to call it maybe a vision, it's not the proper word, or where the Lord has taken him up to a place to see this. And, and between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So here you have it. The seals have been given. Jesus has the authority and the ability to open up the seals and to read it. So let me see if I can. uh, We're going to be talking about the book of Revelation. Let me open my Bible and get to this in case we want more of a reference. Well, let me do this. Let me let me start the process by by reading uh, the opening of, of Revelation chapter six. Uh, this has to do with the the first seal. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a loud voice like thunder, come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. So the Antichrist is riding the white horse as the first horseman of the apocalypse. He is wearing a crown and a bow with no arrows, indicating he will conquer the world's governments by peace and not military might. So we've kind of set that stage where he, he drives the peace treaty with Israel, he unites the nations, and, and he does so without war. Um, the second one, uh, when the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. This is the red horse, indicating there is blood and death. It was granted to take peace on the earth and that man could slay one another. So this is, this, now you have the first two horses. Then, so it's, it's on this note, I'm going to then continue on 
But you can find all of this in Revelation chapter 6. Next, you have the black horse. This rider arrives with a pair of scales in his hand. And it says, a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not damage the oil in the wine. Now, a lot of people have kind of confused by this, but what this means is it's indicating severe famine is coming to the land. Uh, this commonly follows military conflicts. We can look around the world today and you can see great devastation. Uh, and, and, and what happens afterwards is, is the people are hungry, the, the economy's been destroyed, the land has been destroyed, the crops have been destroyed. So the monetary description indicates that one-eighth of its former value is, is now relevant. Um, if, if you're, uh, well, you know, it, you, you, I, I, I would look at this as it just as an indicator or a point of reference of World War II, where so many of the European nations were devastated and, uh, you know, many nations, United States, where I'm from, but also others, helped in the rebuilding of these countries, uh, you know, to, to the point of where they are today. And, you know, so many of European countries are, are great and powerful nations, uh, but they were devastated from the effects of World War II. So the fourth and the final of, of the most severe horses uh, is of Ashen, which means judgment. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth, to kill with the sword and famine and with pestilence by the wild beasts of the earth. So one-fourth of the earth, you know, just, just think of that. If, if you go down and you're following me on video, number five, approximately 25% of the world's population will die during the early stages of the tribulation. So if you would look at today where I, I believe, let's say, to keep the numbers even, we're talking about 7 billion people on earth. And let's, I think, a third of people proclaim to be Christians. All right, let's stay with that number. I don't know that it would necessarily go that high. But even if you stayed at that number, so, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about a third, so maybe 2.8, no, I guess, let me do my math. I should have done this beforehand. 2.3 to 2.4 billion Christians. And they would be removed from the earth with the rapture. So now you're down to a little under 5 billion. And a quarter of them, you know, that's over a billion people. I'm giving you, obviously, rough numbers. But it gives you an idea of, of the devastation and how quickly this will happen. I mean, just take a billion. Let's keep it a simple number. A billion people dying. You know, that's, that's just, you know, I, I can't. I, I myself, I can't get my head wrapped around just how horrible that would be. Uh, so when the fifth seal is broken, martyrs of the tribulation will cry out for vengeance on the unbelievers who killed them. Let me just say that many people will come uh, to the Lord. Many people will deny the mark of the beast. Many, most people are, are familiar with that. And a lot of this t talks about the beheading. So they will be killed because uh, they, will, they will die for Christ. They, they will not uh, engage in the economy if you don't have excuse me, the mark of the beast, if you, if you don't carry uh, the ability to do business, you know, uh, they'll know who you are. And there's a good chance you're going to be killed for that. Uh, but vengeance has not yet come for more martyrs are to follow. So in other words, this is the early stages of the tribulation. But 
you know, uh, as much as these martyrs are, 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 are shown to be wanting vengeance, there are more to come. Their prayers are finally answered in Revelation 16, 4 through 7 during the third bowl judgment. So when we get to the bowls, we'll talk about that, but we're still in the seals. Uh, there are six things that take place during the seal opening for the sixth seal. Sixth seal, okay. I am not going to say that three times real fast, but here we go. There is a great earthquake. The sun is blocked out. The moon becomes like blood. The stars fall to the earth. The sky tears apart like a scroll. Every mountain and island is moved out of place. That's pretty severe. This causes further rebellion against God. They begin to pray to the rocks and to the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of, 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 lamb, of the lamb. So even at that, they're, they're, they're just, I don't even know if there's a word for it. Obstinate, I don't think is a word or, or pride or whatever. But, you know, they would rather just die. They would rather have rocks kill them than to encounter the wrath of God any further. So this is how bad things are getting, and this is only the first round. Uh, the seventh seal introduces the next series of judgments, which are known as the trumpet judgments, and you can find that uh, next to where we're to go, which is in uh, Revelation chapter 8. So, uh, Revelation 8, 2, if you're following me on video, top right, and I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. So the first trumpet is hail and fire mixed with blood is thrown down on the earth, resulting in the one third of the earth is burned up plus one third of the trees and all the green grass. This is a possible parallel to Sodom and Gomorrah. I give you the references of Genesis 18 and 19, as well as the sixth plague of Egypt, the hell, you know, most people are familiar with that, and you can find that in Exodus chapter 9. The second trumpet is something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the city. So it's possibly something like a meteorite coming from, from, from the heavens or from, from space. A third of the sea turns into blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea die, and a third of the ships were destroyed. This could be like uh, um, the first plague in Egypt, uh, Egypt, uh, where the Nile River turns to blood. So if you have a tremendous meteor hitting the ocean, um, and who knows how big and wide, and coming at what you know this tremendous speed, uh, you know, especially once it breaks into the atmosphere, crashes into the oceans potentially, and you know this will be a reverberation that will be felt throughout the world. The number three trumpet is a great star falls from heaven, burning like a torch, and fell on one-third of the rivers, and on the spring waters, the star is named Wormwood, meaning bitter. Um, let me just pause for one second. I, I will be doing a, uh, a series on what are some of the signs that we would see today, the physical signs of what we look around the world today that could be alluding to what the Bible has to say. And there is a meteor that's heading for the earth that is on a trajectory. Um, I, I forget the dates offhand, but within the next five years, I believe, uh, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I'm going to say in 
I, I, for some reason, I'm thinking 2026, but it could be a little bit further out. But interestingly enough, NASA knows this. They, they, they're following it. They're, they're checking the trajectory of it. Um, things can change. But they have named it Wormwood. So they've named this meteor that's heading to the Earth right now uh, as Wormwood. Um, and, and again, very shortly, I'll be, I'll be doing a, uh, a series on, on what, what I call biblical signposts, things that are, what can we observe today that match up with the Word of God? And this was one of them that, that I, I'm looking at, and, you know, it, it could fit the bill for this third trumpet. Um, it, this also could be uh, interpreted as an angelic entity, as stars are somewhat associated with angels. Uh, that's that's often a reference I give you here, Revelation one ten, Job thirty eight uh, seven. Uh, many will die from this bitter water because of this, um, whatever this is. So let's call it a meteor. Uh, the water turns bitter. Uh, Revelation eight ten through eleven. Number four, a third of the sun, moon, and stars are diminished. This parallels the ninth plague of Egypt. Remember, darkness over the land. An angelic announcement comes forth, warning about the three remaining judgments coming. So if this wasn't bad enough, then an angel announces, you've got three more, and we're still in trumpets. We haven't even gotten to balls yet. This is how bad this is. Um, Another star falls to earth from heaven, possibly Satan or a special angel, that comes with the key to the bottomless pit. Bottomless pit, also uh, called Tartarus uh, or the Abyss. This is where... Many of the fallen angels are today. It is a location in the earth. We, we did a study on this earlier when we talked about where was Jesus for the three days between crucifixion and resurrection. Uh, so I get into that. But there's a key that's given. Uh, the key opens a swarm of demon, demonic locusts, which are permitted to torture but not kill people for five months. Uh, this is also mentioned in Joel 2, 1 through 11. And in this bottomless pit, is uh, who would be the entity that um, takes over the physical person of the Antichrist. He is called uh, Abaddon uh, in Hebrew or Apollyon in the Greek. It means destroyer. So that's where you know people go, whoa, who is the name of the Antichrist? We know the uh, demonic, angelic name of him. We just don't know which uh, person he will enter into uh, to carry out his assignment. Uh, the sixth is four specific angels are released commanding 200 million demons going forth as horsemen to inflict death on a third of the people. Um, so <laughs> this is just horrible. Uh, I, I, I think um, for anybody who's out there, the, the, Left Behind, the Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye, they did a great um example of what this may look like where you know he gets into all of this what happens during these seven years and um he his description of a of a certain household and scenarios of where these demons inflict this um they're staying on people but uh it's just horrible but he does a good uh description of what that may look like and what that may resemble uh, by this time in history, at least half of the Earth's population has now died. Um, so, you know, we're halfway through, half of the population has died. Still another three and a half years to go. Uh, scripture states these people will not repent of the works of their hands. Even at this point, with all that's going on, 
There are so many people who still will not repent. Then uh, we're going to enter into the bowl. So the the Revelation 16, 1. The word says here, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. So this is the last of the of the judgments that will happen um, as far as physical things that would happen to the people. The ultimate judgment um, comes when, when the Lord judges mankind. Uh, this, the first one is, uh, is poured on those with the mark of the beast. Uh, it is an affliction of grievous malignant sores on the body. You can find this in Revelation 16, 1 through 2. All of these you can find in Revelation 16, all of what I'm about to describe. Uh, so those people who have the mark of the beast, they've made the decision to worship Satan, to bow down to Satan, they will have sores come up on their bodies. Uh, the second one, the bowl is poured into the sea. It turns the water into blood so that every living creature that was left alive from previous judgments will die. The stench and the disease left from this is absolutely unimaginable. The third bowl is poured into the rivers and the springs of rivers all remaining fresh water will be turned to blood. So now you have the oceans already in blood. Now you have the fresh water, the rivers, the lakes, the ponds will turn to blood. The fourth is, uh, is poured upon the sun, uh, scorching people with fire. So something will happen with the sun as its reflection or its beam traje- trajectory to the earth will inflict great sores, burning of people. Um, and the scripture indicates that they blasphemed the name of God and they did not repent uh, so as to give him glory. So this, again, is coming upon these people who refuse to, to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so you know, you, just another sign from the heavens where the Lord is going to use the heat of the sun. Uh, the fifth ball is poured in, in the throne of the beast. His entire domain will be blacked out. So this is a reference to Babylon. Um, it's it's similar to the darkness in Exodus as part of one of the plagues, and it's it's pitch 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 black. Like you can't see two inches in front of you. It, it is is that type of blackness and that type of darkness um, that that will happen. Uh, there will also be some type of agony that will cause people to gnaw at their tongues because of the pain. And even in the middle of this, so they can't see inches in front of them. The the pain is coming to to the to their tongues. They're they're just, and what happens? They continue to blaspheme God. They continue to curse God. Um, so you know, sad but true. Uh, the sixth one is poured out on the great river Euphrates, uh, so that it dries up. This prepares the way for the kings of the east to come to the mountains of Israel for the battle of Armageddon. This is where you have the 200 million man army. Uh, parallel passages to this also uh, from Revelation 16. You would find it in Psalm chapter 2 and Joel chapter 3 verses 9 through 11. We are going to get into the next uh, broadcast after this into the near the end of the battle of Armageddon. Uh, time does not depend warrant that you know that I get into this now I really wanted to concentrate on letting you know what the seven seals the seven uh, trumpets and the seven balls were finally the last ball the seventh ball it's poured out into the air which results in flashes of lightning sounds and peals of thunder which announces the greatest earthquake in the history of the world 
This takes place in conjunction with the second coming of Joel, of Christ mentioned in the book of Joel, uh, chapter 3, verses 14 and 17, Zechariah 14, 4 and 5, and Matthew 24, 29. This will cause Jerusalem to be split into three sections, and it prepares the way for the millennial changes. And we're going, this is what we're, where we're going to be heading to, where we're going to start winding down. In, in the next broadcast, it picks up with Armageddon, but we're going to go all the way through what, what happens, where, where the judgment comes, where Jesus judges, the millennial reign, and after the millennial reign. All of this is outlined in the book of Revelation. Every aspect of your life and, and is written in the Bible, but it can, every part of your future is depicted in the book of Revelation, which is why I'm stressing to understand this. It's so important. Um, so, as I said, this, this uh, causes this uh, earthquake, causes the split of Jerusalem into three. Uh, this at this moment when this happens, the complete destruction of Babylon. That's Satan's uh, uh, capital. That's Satan's headquarters, and it happens in an hour. Babylon is ultimately wiped out, clean, boom, like like just like that. Um, the, the scripture also indicates that there will be one hundred pound hailstones will rain down, and still men will blaspheme God in the middle of all of this. 100-pound hailstones. So hopefully I've presented to you a good understanding of these series of judgments, of what they all mean, and the importance of not only do you not want to be around for this, but you, you want to be able to look at this honestly and, 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 and engage the Lord and, and see, because there's great things that are, that are going to happen around the corner. I, you know, everything I've outlined here is, is pretty horrendous, uh, but there is optimism and there is hope for those who will recognize the truth. So I'm going to give you just a very brief summary and winding this down of what is to come once Jesus takes place uh, or, or, or comes onto the earth. This is a moment uh, in time when the Lord Jesus returns to earth in power and glory to set up his kingdom that will last 1,000 years. This will be the millennial reign. This is the culmination of 325 prophecies concerning Jesus' second coming, setting up the most pristine, ideal conditions on earth since Adam and Eve. You are, this, this thousand year period, you're, 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 you're going to get the, uh, 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 the atmospheric changes that, that, that we want. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, they're, they're, oh, we'll, we'll get into it, but there's just going to be, it, it's, it's almost going to be like, you know, what we know or we've referenced as the Garden of Eden of when creation was first formed of, of what the earth uh, was intended to be like. We're going to see splendors during Jesus' time that we can't imagine. You know, we, we, there are descriptions for it, but let me wind this down. So what happens? Uh, this takes place after the tribulation. And I'm giving you references if you're following this. If you want to see this on video, all the scriptures are here. Um, the cosmic phenomena will occur in the sun, moon, and stars. The sign of the Son of Man of heaven will be seen by everyone, and Christ will gather his elect. So if you go up to heaven prior to uh, the tribulation with Jesus, you will be coming back with him. Uh, you will be part of, the, of, of heaven's host of armies. Heaven will open up. Christ will appear on a white horse. 
shown in Revelation 19.11. Christ will be followed by the armies of heaven prepared to judge the ungodly. So we're coming with him. He will come in power and glory. He will stand on the Mount of Olives. You know, there's so many people who just don't get the fact about the importance and significance of, of Israel. Well, why is Jesus coming back to Israel? You know, that's where he'll make his first proclamation, if you will. His first stand on the earth will be in the Mount of Olives in the nation of Israel. Think about that. Unbelievers were mourned because they're not ready. The beast and his armies will confront Christ. Uh, this will be at the, the Battle of Armageddon. Christ will cast the beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire. Christ's rejectors will be killed. Satan will be cast into the bottomless pit. That's the abyss. So he's not thrown into his ultimate destination as of yet. Old Testament and tribulation saints will be resurrected. So um, all, all of the Old Testament and people who came, the saints that came to the Lord that were killed um, dur during the tribulation will be resurrected. Their bodies will be, they'll be given new bodies to join with their spirits. And Christ will judge the nations and establish his kingdom, Matthew 25, uh, for the next thousand years. So that gives you the hopefully a good high-level overview of what the seven-year period will look like in terms of the things that will come upon the earth. And what I just described now with the events of the glorious appearing is what we're going to be uh, focusing in on on the last few broadcasts, what this means, what will happen, what you will see, what you will hear, what you will learn, uh, you know, what Jesus has in store for you and the rest of uh, humanity as as well as the demonic hosts and what his plans are for the thousand years and beyond because he describes what will happen after the thousand years so we're we're, we're winding down but we still have quite a bit more to cover uh, so hopefully this gives you a good taste and a good flavor for the book of revelation that's my hope anyway uh Please, if you have questions, comments, um, suggestions, I'm all ears and all eyes. Please email me at russicoutlook at gmail.com. Uh, you know, and, and aside from that, if you have any prayer requests, if there's things that you're not sure about, if there's things that you still question that, you know, you just still can't get your head wrapped around the reality of Jesus or the, the, the viability of the Word of God, please shoot me an email or you know, there's wonderful references online everywhere. There's wonderful churches everywhere. Uh, you you can find it if if you want to. And I would just close by saying, say a private private prayer or a request to God, and I promise you, He will answer you. He will show you. Thank you again. Uh, you've been listening to the Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion.